Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning. The following is the officially sanctioned podcast about the show about four lifelong friends who compete to embarrass each other in public. You know the one. The official Impractical Jokers Podcast. Welcome to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. Thank you all for listening. Sal survived the zombie apocalypse, and we're going to break down that entire episode. Of course, I'm joined by James McCarthy. I'm eating a bagel, having a good time with Casey Jost. <laughs> uh, next to you is Danny Green, always sitting in. He's got those awesome questions. Danny, looking good? Hey, guys, good? how are you? And folks at home can't see it, but Casey has a very good-looking beard. I'm really wow. jealous of that, wow. that nice beard. That, that is, oh. Wow. <laughs> I, thank so you. So nice much. of you to say about Lisa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and across uh, from Danny, we have a very cool guest. So this is going to be a very cool podcast. It is executive producer on the North South production side, Pete McPartland. Pete. Hey, thanks for having me. I've never been called cool before. Dude, are you kidding me? That's crazy. You are a very mild-mannered, cool guy. Always call your boss cool. That's a good thing to do. He's the boss man. He's the big show. It's easy to... I can hear the insincerity in Casey's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was trying to build you up because we also had Sammy Kostanowicz on, who's the executive producer on the True TV side. I know who he is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There are people who listen. Why is everyone ganging up on me? Except for Danny, who's like, he's just trying to get in my pants over here. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm trying to just Uh, set the scene for everyone. Pete is the biggest... Crap talker on set. I think every day. True. That can't be true. It is true. All right. So we'll have like an email exchange. It'll be like me, Pete, and like network is on it. And then Pete will respond to it, making fun of my email. And it looks like he looped in everybody else. But a little trick that he taught me is he changes one letter in their email address on so it bounces back. Oh, wow. So it looks yeah. like he just blew me up over email and made fun of me in front of a whole group of people. <laughs> But that's it's amazing. not, it's, yeah, you change it in like the dot com part, like over there. Yeah, so you make sure it's a bounce back. Tricks. It's so, a yeah, good you trick. You just remove a, a vowel, a consonant. So it seems like an incredibly official email. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just really blaming everything on James or someone, I, especially like new people that join the team. I love writing new emails. And like, or I'll, I'll write an email, a fake email to myself, and then I'll often reply and add someone else, like in like the emails about, uh, hey, what the hell happened with this? Or I'm really upset about <laughs> this. And I'll like reply, like, you know, adding Casey, uh, I had nothing to do with this. That's uh, you know, This is, uh, it's all in Casey. And sometimes it's a fake email address. Yeah, so wait, how long favorite. have you done this? So pranking has been in your blood for a long time, I guess. Even just, before. I just like this one particular type of email. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> well, yeah. That's so weird. It's Doesn't easy, like the show. Innocuous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Pete, so for people who don't know, you are the showrunner on the show. What is a showrunner? How do you describe it? Uh, good question. Um, I I often think of myself as like I don't I don't I always think that I don't actually do any one thing on the show. I'm not really responsible for any one thing. I guess other than making sure we're making the show and mm-hmm. delivering the show. 
Uh, but really, you know, especially a show like Impractical Jokers, we have so many various departments in the show. Audio is incredibly important because the guys need to hear and each other and communicate to each other. Art department is obviously huge. Locations, Locations yeah. You know, we're always in a new place. Camera department. I think I think of my responsibility really is more like I'm working for all the departments, making sure that on a given shoot day, everyone arrives on set feeling like they have been put in a position to succeed. I feel like hmm. that is my responsibility, essentially. That you know, no one, no department uh, should show up on set feeling like they got screwed because they didn't have enough time to prep, they didn't have time to scout the location, or you know that that. And, and that also goes to the Jokers. The Jokers should feel like they've been put in a right. good position to succeed. That is a department not, of the show, is the Jokers. Yes, yes. So that means like we're not at a place that has too, there's not enough flow of people and traffic. You know, it's just, we have very, so many departments of the show, including the Jokers, and they all need to be put in a position to succeed for a given shoot to go well. But heavy is the head that wears the crown. So you're kind of in charge. So it's, your, your head's kind of on the chopping block too, if something goes awry, correct? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, that's like, <laughs> again, I mean, I, I, in a lot of ways in my mind, I'm kind of working for the departments. Right. You of course. Know? You're I'm, like a I'm liaison, like, right? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure everyone is properly represented. Yeah. But you also feel day. like there's an ax over your head every day. Like every day, right? <laughs> You're always like. Yeah. But in the best possible way, right? <laughs> like, it's like, in other words, that's a, I like that feeling, right? I like, mm. I like to. Feel like all right, it's okay. Like it's it's. There's no one else that I can pin this on. You know, like it's if if anything goes wrong, I had every opportunity to stop it. That's either that can be a terrifying feeling, or it can be. Uh, it's for me, it's a calming feeling. I mm. feel because I feel like it's all in front of me. Well, early on, you developed some nickname that was Emmy Pete. <laughs> why don't you tell everyone why you're Emmy Pete? Uh, funny, the show I, I did right before this show. Uh, ended up winning an Emmy for while I was working on this show. And <laughs> I, hadn't been, I hadn't been with this show for too long, so I don't think I really told anyone about it. But one weekend, I, I just on a regular weekend, flew to Los Angeles to be at, to go to the Emmys and, uh, and ended up winning. And, uh, so did you give a speech? Yeah, I gave the speech. Wait, you gave the speech? I, wait, why didn't we know this? I didn't know that. Yeah, I accepted it. Yeah. What did you say? I gave the speech. Was it televised? It was televised. No, oh it wasn't. <laughs> yes. Wait, I, why are we just finding this out? I, I can YouTube this? Yeah, probably. I don't know if it's on YouTube, but... Can you turn down an Emmy? Like, you know, it's like an acceptance speech. Can you be yeah. like, you know what? I'm good. Can you... <laughs> you, you know what? Actually, you know what's happening? Uh, Bethany Frankel was giving was uh, giving the presentation or whatever mm. you call it. And uh, and there was a tie. She goes, oh, you know, there's been a tie. And it's like, oh... And then she announces the show, the, the other show that won, and they were at the table next to us, and they applaud. And then she announces my show, but I couldn't hear it. And then it was like a camera guy, you know, those camera guys that are floating around, and he comes over and he like pops, a, takes a knee and pops the camera in my face. I was like, does that, does that mean I won? Yeah. <laughs> what wow. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, shit. So then I, uh, yeah, popped up, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Oh, what, was, wow. what was the show? Trisha's Southern Kitchen. It was a Trisha Yearwood Food what did, Network show. What did it Trisha win Yearwood? for being a Southern show? Is it the Southern category? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that, the most yeah. Southern show goes to <laughs> best best culinary program. The other one was Duck Dynasty. Good <laughs> uh, uh, show. Yeah, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Wait, so, what did you say in the speech? I'm curious. Yeah, like, yeah. You, who is the first? Thanks. 
Uh, let's see. I, yeah, I thanked the production company. I thanked the, I, I, it was boring speech, to be honest with you. It was very straightforward, succinct. Uh, I think my, oh, you know what? It was, I think my father, it was on Father's Day. I think my dad nice. was mindful of that. Nice. PG1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, PG1. And uh, yeah, thank Trisha Yearwood, the production company. No, nothing. I didn't like. I mean, it's a Ooga. cooking show. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. So I didn't. I didn't not like. Uh, I'm gonna go off on uh, my inspiration. Right. Yeah, now. you didn't throw shade at anybody. Like everyone that said I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. The haters. <laughs> those that came up before me. Uh-huh, exactly. what, held me down. What did you take from that cooking show to bring over to Impractical Jokers? <laughs> <laughs> And why have we not gotten an Emmy yet? And are, is <laughs> that related? Can't even get nominated, Pete. I know. We keep What's trying. up with you that? You know why? There's no, there's no good category for us. There's no good. We end up yeah, submitting. Crap. We end up submitting to uh, best structured reality program. So we are up against um, undercover boss. I, are we up against them? Because they're are, great. Yeah, that's yeah. a good and, show. Uh, <laughs> and like property, you're up against like Property Brothers, HD. HGTV we're better shows. Than them. We're better than them. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we can't. We're not best comedy because then we're up against Modern Family. Ooh, that, that's a funny show. Yeah, but no thanks. We don't want to be up against them. Yeah, and uh, and they also structured reality program. Yeah, but would you, would anyone really think that we're a structured reality program? We're barely reality. How are we reality? Exactly. I know we shouldn't even be reality. I think we put our hat into comedy. Or we yeah, go to like go, a weird category straight like up drama. against Modern Family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not afraid of them. They're a good show. Mm-hmm. Let's see who comes out on top. Can we be like in a documentary category? Because we're like documenting the, 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 you know, the, these guys that embarrass each other in real life, right? It feels Where's like Bear Grylls? Let's get after him. Right. We've actually been asking people to ask us questions on Twitter mm. and somebody hashtag Joker's podcast and uh, Kira at Krugs711. K-R-U-E-G-S-7-11 asks, have there been challenges that were approved by the network, but then just bomb when filmed? So have any of the approved challenges just been terrible when we filmed them? Huh, good question. There are, I would say some games are are trickier than, and yep. maybe don't go exactly as smoothly as we imagined. You know, one game that comes to mind is the the leash challenge that we did at a grocery store. Yeah. Where it was a dog leash kind of and, and you have to like wrap it around something or someone's yeah. bag and then clip it on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh you know that just didn't quite gel. You know, we, we we came up with that game. You guys helped come up with that game. Yeah. On the strength of other shows uh, it wasn't other me. games like it uh, wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> me. Of course not. Like uh, <laughs> put pocketing and fly me to balloon where we're yeah. balloons Those are me. people. And we're thinking, yeah. <laughs> so so nope. you, you can tell, you know, that was an idea that came from. Okay, those are going. Those are so fun, you know, very different. What else can we do that's building on that? And then, uh, and again, the strength of our guys, of our our comedians. I mean, the Joker's. It's still a very funny bit. It, it's right. it, was, it yeah. was still great television. But, uh, you know, for us in making it, we're like, eh, you know, this game is a little flawed. Sometimes if yeah. you see something that gets cut down to a Joker versus Joker, sometimes some of the re- some of the reasoning is because maybe the other two turns weren't as strong or alternatively, sometimes it was so good that they don't want to cut it out and you'll, they'll, they'll turn it into for two different episodes because they, you know, they want the up, they want each each guy to have enough time in the challenge. So it could be like extra long if it goes really well. So if you see a Joker versus Joker, it, it, the chances are it was either so bad it became one or so good it became one. Yeah. And also sometimes it really is like you're saying, it's really just up to like all the circumstances of the day. Like sometimes enough people just don't come into the grocery store we're in. Mm. And we have a game that we really right. like. Like that happened 
this season with the Whisper game, right? Was it Whisper? Where we really like that game. Or was it last season? Everything <laughs> melts together. But it's yeah, like the second time we season. played it. And we loved that game, but nobody was coming into the store. Mm. And so it was like, we just, yeah, and then no one yeah. was signing. We were having a hard time with signage. And yeah, as a behind-the-scenes fact, we call that mark flow. Mark. mark is like a term we'll sometimes use for like the the people in public, the strangers. So we'll sometimes say like, oh yeah, how's the mark flow? Meaning like how many people are coming into the store or wherever we are. Yeah, and you so want a heavy mark flow, but yeah, when you it's light, heavy. bad. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. The British. I remember when we did our London episode. Uh, the locations managers they call it footfall. Whoa. Oh, they have a very nice footfall over there. That's so fanciful. Yeah. yeah, footfall. The other thing we say is case of the gattos. That's like an old school thing that's been like since like season one or two. For some reason, when Joe Gatto's out there, the mark flow is always like pretty light. I don't know what happens, you know? So it's like, <laughs> oh man, case of the gattos. So they'll always say that like Q will be out. And if it's like light, he'll go, hey, I got a case of the gattos out yeah. here. It's like a Sherlock Holmes title. Yeah. Like yeah. Sherlock Holmes in the case of the gattos. I, I like the term mark because, I mean, it certainly does succinctly sum up what we're going for. But I, I don't like that it has this like Ratso Rizzo, like, like con man kind of quality to right. it. Right. You know, like, oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's my mark. Oh, that, that guy looks like a, yeah. suck, you prefer like a vi- sucker. Do you prefer victim? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing. They're, they're none of those things, yeah. right? It's more like who is, you know, the, the, the nature of the show is who will the Joker be victim in front of? Who are they yeah. subjecting themselves the to? The unsuspecting public. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not, targeting people you right. know it's not like oh there's a there's a sucker in waiting yeah, i know yeah we're the suckers yeah we're right. the suckers if anything they're yeah, better than us exactly but exactly. it's hard to be like hey how's the unsuspecting public flow <laughs> it doesn't roll off your tongue not at all let's jump into uh tonight's episode just a little bit okay so obviously this was the big punishment was sal zombie apocalypse that's the episode we're talking about amazing one of our favorites Really yeah. fun. Really huge production. We'll mm-hmm. get into that soon. But we also had uh, the Botanical Gardens. That was a, sort of a, the, the IFB challenge is what we call the, it. So the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. Yeah, it's not Thank botanical. We learned nothing that. plural about these gardens. Mm-mm. Wow. They're singular. Yes. And we also had Dip My Fry. But let's talk about the botanics first. <laughs> That's your real hair? Say this isn't mine and take your wig off. Stick him up, dickweed. <laughs> Wet sponge, cool you off. The Lily Garden. That is a right, that is up your Irish ass to the left, right, <laughs> o- right over there. You're not doing this? Interesting. But you're here reaping the benefits. <laughs> Uh, very fun, very fun location. I love like an outdoor location where like mm-hmm. the guy is like posing as a worker. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what we were saying before about uh, you know, hidden camera, a little, or the nuance of, of pulling it off. Uh, again, about producing an authentic public experience. You know, here we are. Uh, we don't want this to just be another park bit, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just in Washington Square Park in mm-hmm. New York City. Uh, we, we, you know, this is a, it's a botanic garden. People are coming here with a different purpose. So we want to put our, our guy in a position of authority. Now, is there normally a person in this part of the park dressed like our guys are dressed with this little weird random stand of pots and plants? No, no, there isn't. But we're going to create this little environment. We're going to give this guy a job that doesn't normally exist in the garden. And we put but signs could. up. But could, but yeah. could, but very reasonable. And then uh, and then we put signs at the entrance of the garden. You know, go to, this was the Fragrant Garden, Fragrance Garden, I believe, right. is where we were posted up. Which and that's then, a huge red flag for me. <laughs> a fragrance garden. Yeah, it but, smelled good. Hey, yeah. but a lot, it sounds, it's like one of these things that just sounds so believable that you're mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. 
But we often go into a place like this and say, you know, the first step is learning how the location actually operates, learning how the botanic garden actually works. And then the next step is, okay, well, how do we need it to work? What do we need? We need to establish a clean thing where we are in a position of authority. We are in a given spot and people are coming to us and people are coming to us maybe here with an expectation. They want something. They want to learn something. So we made signs we posted throughout that, you know, uh, expert botanist on hand to answer your questions from this time to this time and, you know, fed people. And then we had, I think, people posing as employees coming up to people saying, oh, you know, if you have more questions, we have a very special today. We have someone uh, who's answering questions in the fragrance garden. Uh, So again, we're trying to produce this experience that is mimics how the garden typically works, but is still mm. had to be unique to get the uh, interaction that we wanted. And, and surprisingly, I'd say that it's pretty easy to ha- hide cameras in a, like a garden like this. There's a lot of spots like in trees, you know, it's actually, it's easier in the wild sometimes to, you know, to put some of those cameras than it is in like a building. Cause like if you're in an office building, you could, you could kind of set up a, a shelf that has a camera on it. But if that shelf wasn't there the day before and a person who's been to that office, let's say, he, they, you know, they might recognize that, that that's out of place. But here, you know, you could hide it in bushes and things. And it's just running cables and getting the power. That's the other, that's the other issue. Yeah, and here, actually, if you look at where we shot this, again, the fragrance garden, <laughs> uh, it's this very well-defined circular area where the, all, it's all herbs and plants that are right on this little shelf. You know, because in other areas of the garden, what are people here to see? They're here, they're here to look at the trees and the bushes and the flowers. It's a, it's a garden. So we can't have our guys hidden in a place where people are there to examine the trees and the bushes and the flowers. So, yeah. so if we're hidden in the flowers, well, we're going to get made. So we liked this area because people are looking down. They're looking in this this one, this kind of shelf of plants and herbs. So they're not looking at our guys that are hiding in the bushes. It's it's amazing how much the, the show's changed over the years. Like the sales tape, which is like that little like a three to five minute clip, like you know thing that the that the Joker's kind of self produced with North South was mostly shot on like cell phone cameras and like camcorders, and it was them like going to these little stores. They sometimes play the video in their live show, and then the pilot, which they got more money to make a bigger thing. You know, they did incorporate some hidden cameras and camcorders on the street. And then the show just keeps getting like kind of bigger and bigger. And you'll see even in our in the punishment in this, I mean, that we had to use cameras that can work like in dark spaces and all this stuff. But it's crazy to see how much it's changed, especially like I mean, I'm kind of like a gearhead. Like I kind of love to know what's happening with that and to find out like, you know, this even this season we're going to be having like in season seven that we're about to be going into filming soon, we're going to have more cameras. And like we, I've been, we had a conversation today in the office that there's places that we could shoot in because we have more cameras to cover more areas. Like that stuff to me is so exciting and it opens up the possibilities of what we can do. And this is a good example of that. Like we had so many, if you look, there's so many angles and it looks beautiful. It looks massive. You go all over the space. Pete, is there a dream location that you'd like to get for the show? Mm. Yeah, you know, you know where we would love to be. I'd love to go to a Target. I'd love to have target. a Target. Really? Because, yeah, because we could, we could. You know, one thing that is helpful for us is to have what we, what I would call a turnkey location, a place that we can go back to and we can do a million different things, and a, de- a store that has a million different departments. I mean, Target mm. in a lot of ways is many stores in one. It's a hardware store. It's sporting goods. It's clothing. 
It's uh, groceries and housewares and video and electronics. Yeah, there's so many things under one roof. And, think, uh, and it has, yeah. con- again, constant mark flow, constant right. footfall. Uh, and the it, issue is that it's, it's sometimes you have to go through corporate. It's not like if, if, you know, if, you, if you're listening and you work at Target, it's not as easy as being like, yeah, come to my Target. We have to go through like a hierarchy of people who are going to say yes to it. Of, of course. And, and people, a lot of people would think, well, I mean, geez, it's a popular show. These guys are so likable. It's family friendly. So you know, why wouldn't any company, corporation want the Jokers to come? But uh, unfortunately, the truth is that it's an improv show, and we yeah. really can't guarantee these locations what's going to happen or what's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know, and the, the, because half of the equation is the public, so we can't guarantee. Even if we could, which we can't guarantee that what the jokers are going to say and the jokes they're going to make, we can't guarantee how the other half of that conversation is going to go because those people are random strangers that we've never met. We haven't vetted them. They're not prepared for the interaction. So there's no way we can guarantee how the interaction can go. And then we also don't want to uh, cede the creative control over, okay, fine, you can come and you can shoot in our target. Mm. But we want to be able to approve of every joke. We want to like, we want to note the edit and have full creative control in the back end. Well, that, then we wouldn't be showing a, a, a true, since genuine product to the audience, right? Because this show was, this segment would have been brought to you by Target as opposed to brought to you by the Jokers and our comedic sensibility right. and that yeah. of True TV. I mean, there are so many hoops to go through for this show, for like a location. I'm surprised we've filmed anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, I mean, just that you have to have a control room in a separate place than where we're actually doing the, you know, like the the stunts and stuff. So just to have two places and there's more because we have such a big crew. A tremendous I mean, cooperation from the locations. Yeah. They have to give us so much. You have to give us so much space and you have to let us interact with your clientele, which if any business, what do you cherish more than right. the, the, your paying public? And that's exactly who we want to mess with. But if I know Target and their customers, they're going to want to see Sal Volcano pee his pants in an aisle <laughs> at yeah. some point. Maybe we, Pete, would you like the fans to like uh, yes, get after would. Target? Yes. Hashtag yes. Target, hashtag Impractical Jokers. Yes. Give Pete a chance. Let us in. <laughs> Give Pete a chance. That's, <laughs> That's all we're saying. Just give Pete a chance. Let him in, Target. We would, Pete has we would an do Emmy. right by you, Target. Yes. It's Pete. He's got an Emmy. He's going to treat you right. He's going it, to, it's going to go fine. Uh, it's going to go just fine. So yeah, it's, it a, it's a family friendly show. And if the people speak up, so all the fans of Target and Impractical Jokers, mm-hmm. which should be everybody in America, mm-hmm. just speak up and let it happen. Yeah. And yeah. it shows that you're a nice, fun loving brand, right? Yeah, I think you're, so. You're, you're cool with the Impractical Jokers. I love Target. So the next bit we did uh, in this episode was at the mall. And this is one of my favorite locations because, A, it's a mall. It's fun. You can walk around, see different things. It's a food court in a mall, which is even the better part of the mall. I mean, there are, there are people <laughs> who go to the mall just for the food courts. Um, and so we were filming there. Very fun location. So we've been in a lot of malls, especially like in New Jersey, the home of malls. And this uh-huh. was the Palisades <laughs> Malls where we filmed this, correct? No, actually, this was the Willowbrook Mall. Really? Yeah, in uh-huh. Wayne, New Jersey. I was there, but sometimes I'm I, at this you point. You were there, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm like autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Just put it into the GPS and yeah. show up. The Palisades is such a different place. The Palisades is three stories tall. There's a ropes course in the middle. But the food <laughs> court's the same, phone. guys. The food court's the same. Uh, but okay, so yeah, so we're at the Willowbrook Mall. Shout out Willowbrook Mall. Hashtag target <laughs> hit us up. Um, and so, yeah, so, so dip my fry. This is the second time I believe we've done it. Yeah. 
Only the second time. Maureen, where the f did you go? She's got a mirror. Be careful, she's got a mirror. Oh my god, oh. she does. Hey guys, you wanna see a nice distraction? You see this? Oh my god! You cocky son of a bitch! Crazy, right? I think the original pitch for this was dip my finger, correct? Where they were like, well, we want to put our finger into someone's drink. And then I think the network was like, or, or insurance or something. Oh, yeah, you mean like, way back. Way back. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think they were like, no, you can't put your finger in people's food. It, but there was like, you know, if you're if you're dipping a fry or something, I don't know. I thought there was some sort of yeah, reason. You're right. Oh, yeah. we got to get. You say that? Yeah. You, yeah, I do remember that. You're right. You're yeah. right. We've got to get Marsha from insurance on this show at some point. Yeah. So Marsha's like, yes. in, in, like in, she's in charge of being like, uh, no, that which is like the hardest very job. Very fun. Marsha would be great on this show. She's I a little straight Marcia. lace. Hashtag bring Marsha on the podcast. <laughs> Everyone start messaging Marsha, okay. North South Productions. I think Let's we hit the limit movement. on hashtags we could have. I think it's past 100. There's no limit. That's what I found out. It's Twitter. Anything goes. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, so did my fry. I, I really love, um, Murr and Sal's turn. Like when they work together, Anytime. it's so surprising. Yes. Like when it works well, I can't, I can't believe it. And especially here because they actually teamed up for a, a plan. You know, they, oh, they, yeah. they band the, uh, the fries together to, to make a super fry. It's like, you know, that's rare teamwork, rare, yeah. rare, rare back channel teamwork between Sal and Murr. And then it still they fell in their face. My favorite duo. Yes, they are the best. Anti-dynamic duo. In the end. Because it's Murr with like a foolproof plan and Sal like not committing to anything. <laughs> like so it's like this. Yeah, it all... always goes in one direction. It's never it's never Sal trying to convince Murray that something's a good idea. It's always right. Murray trying to convince Sal that this is the direction we should take it, and it's Sal doubting him. I know it's the best. Yeah. He Sal just already looks so uncomfortable and embarrassed to be around him. Murray's got the wig going now, and then but then Sal is like dan- does, does this whole dance routine to distract. So he's and then like I love when the camera goes like they show the wide because there's just a bunch of people eating. Sal like grinding his butt on a guy's <laughs> table just to get the win, yeah. you know. But that was I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty flawless. It really it, it's the perfect balance. It's yeah Murray in the foolproof plan, the mm-hmm. ultra ultra confidence, and Sal with second guess. Everything yep. as he does all the time, and Joe and Q as like the other team always worked well together. There's something about the two of them together because they're both like it's almost like they're both kind of alphas that when they get together, they're like, you know, what? we're going to lead this together. We're going to be okay. They're not going to butt heads. They, and, they, and they're buoyed by the strength that they're no. They know that they're up against Sal and Murr. Right. They, they know that uh, the wind is at their back. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're pretty they're crazy confident when it comes to that. All right, so we're going to jump into the punishment, but first, why don't we take a little break, and you definitely want to come back, because we're going to ask Pete McParland some questions and see if we could stump him. You ready for that? I think so. Jeez, I should have done my homework. My God. Welcome back. I'm here with Pete McPartland, James McCarthy, my co-host, and Danny Green, my bro host. And we are talking about this episode. We got the zombie apocalypse punishment for Sal. Now I know this is over the top. (laughs) There's no way I'm going in there. Oh, my God. 
Guys, I can't believe we're doing another scare. Why would you do something that you know I can't do? You are halfway in the sewer yelling at us. I'm scared of heights. I'm gonna fall. Cowabunga, dude. I see two people in a cage. Wait, those are my f***ing <laughs> So what's the, the padlock here? Where's the key? Long punishment. Yeah, this is an epic one. This was there was a lot that happened, and in the cut, it's pretty long. Yeah, which yeah, is awesome. Right. Yeah, like I love a long punishment. Yeah, this is one of those ones where uh, kind of a, I don't know happy accident is maybe the wrong term, but it was as you're shooting it, it's so amazing, but you almost you also feel like we're getting ourselves into trouble because this is going on for so long, <laughs> and you know that that's going to make <laughs> for a difficult edit. You're like this is incredible, but oh my god, this started. 30 minutes ago. I know. And, and it's also like there's it's so many multiple locations, like yeah. even just where he has to walk from uh-huh. so that you're like, you can't just jump cut and all of a sudden he's outside yeah, or something. Yes, yes. You have to find all these transitional pieces yeah, too. It's, it's, a, it's such a weird thing of like, this is amazing. This is going incredibly. It's actually just as we planned kind of. Yeah. But again, like, oh God, we're going to, there's the other half of the production team when they're editing this is going to be a little upset. But I ha- what, 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 what do you expect us to do with 35 minutes of Sal running around <laughs> kvetching? The bonus clips had a moment where he was just like, oh, this is going to be like another like scary thing. And he's like, they're like, no, no. He's like, come on. This is obviously a haunt. I love that he <laughs> uses the word haunt. Like this is obviously a haunt. Uh-huh. And it is. It is another one of these sort of corn maze scare Sal punishments. But, I, I, you know, I think when it works, you got to play the hits, you know? I mean, if Bruce Springsteen never wrote a song that sounded like Bruce Springsteen after Born to Run, I mean, I don't, wh- wh- why would you even be in the game? I think it's important. And that was a perfect analogy. Flawless. (laughs) (laughs) No one's questioning that. I'm thinking hard about it. Um, But so this punishment, a lot of moving pieces. I want to give some shout outs. Rob Emmer, obviously. uh, Fat Crow. Fat Crow. He's been in the jelly pool. He played this uh, karate ninja today or karate. Karate tortoise. tortoise. Rob Emmer is the the Joker's favorite person slash character that I would question if the fans really know, follow and have tracked who he is. Right. Uh, which is something that we bring up to the Jokers whenever they suggest that Rob Emmer, Rob Emmer be in a piece. They're like, oh, and then Rob Emmer should be there, like covered in jello right. or as the uh, as a teenage ninja tortoise. The guy's and, eyes and light like, up like, like, like it's Christmas like, when they like, see Rob I Emmer. No, if. The fans have even kept track of him over the years. I'd be curious to know. Fans. I think in their mind, it's way more than than in reality. Yeah. But I think I think there definitely are some diehards that are like, yeah, Rob Emmer. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but it also goes to show it's another example that Joker's are just they're entertaining themselves. Really, right. that is their first impulse is they think this would be funny, and, and they mm-hmm. think it would be funny is uh, kind of. Trumps, that's just where their mind goes first, as opposed to thinking it from the other way of like, well, how can we play to an audience? It's no, it's just what, what is entertaining for us? Right. What would, what would kind of Sal be really surprised by? What is something we, what's a little nugget we could throw in there that would kind of throw him off and offset the environment? Yeah, I, I think that Emmer, like if the, if the Jokers were the Beatles 
Emmer would be like that George Martin, and you'd be like a Yoko Ono, you know? You're just trying to redeem yourself for the Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Didn't George Martin do a lot? Emmer comes in like once every season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same thing. Rob yeah. Emmer's suddenly in charge. But when he's there, you know, he's he's really lending those strings. Sloppy Joe's Phil Spector. Yeah. But we had we had a lot, this had everything in it. It had it had all of the Sal punishments, right? It had gross stuff, it had scary stuff, it had family stuff. To have the nieces there. And then the other family was watching the whole time. And then, you know, his dad comes out at the end just to, like, further the embarrassment. That kind of... That's the other funny thing that they kind of showed in, like, The Insider. But Mm -hmm. the rest of Sal's family is, like, hanging out for the day, like, right in the behind the scenes where the guys are just watching Sal embarrass himself the entire time, having sandwiches, having a a juice box, and just laughing at Sal. Of course. If the nieces and his father are there, well, then... What's funny is on the side, the whole time, Sal was like, you know, the punishment, obviously, there's a lot to set up. And it got pushed back later and later. And Sal was really mad because he had plans to meet his dad. And so the whole time, he's like, guys, we got to hurry this up. I have to meet my dad. When does this start? What's going on? I have to meet my dad. Meanwhile, his dad was there the whole time. It's so funny because that happens to anybody that's ever thrown a surprise party. Like, the person you're throwing a surprise for is mad at you the whole time. Then then they realize it and they're happy because it was a surprise party. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same, except you're getting punished instead. So you're just getting upset, and then you're like, oh, that was all for a punishment? Damn it, I'm double mad. <laughs> uh, and Sal was going ham with those bats. Like, he was really just going hard on people, like, hitting. Like, we did not expect him to, like, I mean, they were, like, you know, a little cushiony, uh, air, inflatable. Yeah, inflatable bats. But well, he was, we'd never given him a weapon in this type of environment. <laughs> yeah, of all the times, in the corn maze with the little girl and all these different scares. Yeah. We never given him something that he could actually use to aggress. But yeah. you, you, you mentioned gross. Starting out with gross, that's how this began. Which, as mm-hmm. you guys know, yeah. from being a part of this whole process, uh, it is originated with. We want to see Sal crawl into a sewer, a, a dark, dank New York City sewer, and he's going to be so grossed out at that idea that uh, it's going to drive him nuts. And that that is how the idea began from the Jokers, right? Yep. The other yeah. three guys, that's what they wanted to do to Sal. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get Sal into a sewer. And <laughs> we didn't even know, they didn't even know where it would go next, where would that would lead. But it began with that. So we started looking for a sewer. We, uh, we contacted a guy that uh, is a urban explorer i can't remember what he calls himself but where, where he like a mole person like a mole person like a mole person but like a like a professional youtubing mole person who wow. has mastered the sewer systems all around the world so he's been in the sewer systems of paris and barcelona and berlin and and he travels the world exploring their sewer systems and knows the history of them how they were built how they were installed uh, and, what? And, Why yeah. do we not have this guy on the podcast? Yeah. He'll get us into a target. Pop <laughs> <laughs> up underneath. He actually ended up not being a part of where we ended up shooting, uh, but He's he was like, one of the first. You know, okay, yeah. so we need to get in the sewer. So let's. So oftentimes with a, a punishment or anything we do, it's all right. Let's find an expert in the field. So we found this guy, and we spent weeks going around with this guy, with with in him bringing us into various parts of the New York City sewer system. Legal or illegally? Illegally. We wow. Were, we were scouting it this. off the grid. We this were scouting so it. We fun. were finding places that are, what are some things we need? Like, <laughs> we, we barely work, work on a real TV show. Yeah. <laughs> How can you say this is structured reality? We're never going to get an Emmy. You're illegally shooting. And <laughs> we talked about Ambrosio buying illegal fireworks like three weeks ago. Yeah, like, that's right. Well, you know, we have to first explore it, and then depending on how we wanted to actually shoot it, we would have explored a legal option for how to pull that off. 
But the first thing was, like, what is a sewer that is wide enough, big enough, uh, bright enough that we could actually get in and, uh, and realistically pull off? So we actually came very close to one that was in Queens on the East River where the sewer opened up. And it was about um, 15 feet in diameter, where and it led out to the East River. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. I know the guy said that they're like too pretty. Yeah, yeah it was that sewer is too nice well, for and Sal. Then it had a a flood door, and then on, and we went with this guy in the middle of the day. We like, we bought we bought rain boots and gloves and everything. And we pushed through this flood door, and on the other side of it was a river of sewage. A river of sewage. And you're, we're on a little like ledge of this river of sewage that then goes down a drain. And jeez, I picture uh, like the Ghostbusters, and, like yeah, like in like with the the like the all that ooze. Uh-huh. And then if you, and if you fell into this river of sewage, you would then kind of take a sharp right turn, go down this little chute, and, and die. And you'd end <laughs> up die. at a waste center somewhere. Oh my and I was god! Like, oh jeez, we, we can't shoot here. I mean, like, like, can you send me the name of the Sal or Joker? But what if a uh, a cameraman you know, slips right. and falls into the river of yeah, sewage. Yeah, what are the peons? Yeah, and we're not. And Marsh is going to hate this. She's never uh, going to approve. Insurance was <laughs> never going to like this. Yeah, I, that sounds. If you could send me the name, I'd like to have my daughter's sweet sixteen there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we uh, even like, the fire academy that we shot uh, that punishment, the three way punishment a season ago, where um, you know Sal ended up. They all ended up getting hosed. Uh, they have a sewer system. We we're exploring various sewer systems. Just how do we get Sal into a sewer? And then we'll figure out the next step from there once we find the place. So where did we end up? We ended up at a building in the Dumbo neighborhood of Brooklyn uh, where really we're just in the basement of this building. But the basement of the building extends out into the sidewalk and then has these manholes. So for Sal, it seems like he's crawling into the city sewer system. But really, he's just crawling into a basement. Uh, but he, but it, he I doesn't mean, it, know that, of course. But it was dank, man. Like, oh, I yeah. It smelled so bad. Like, everybody, when they were setting up, had these, like, masks on. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and like, but, like, everyone was like, get the masks off before you see Sal. Because, like, we don't want him to have the mask on for the, the actual shoot. And, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, I'd almost un- rather be in a sewer yeah, at this point. unfurnished building. But, but it... it in reality, in that there was an elevator that went to the bottom floor. There's electricity. There's there's all the pieces that you actually need. For yeah, right. It looked a like a healthy. cool place where they would have a rave in a '90s exactly, movie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so that manhole he climbed under was uh, about 20 feet from the ground. But we actually had a scaffolding company come in and build scaffolding. Wow. Because we didn't want him to just climb down a ladder. We needed him to safely navigate down the stairs and also something to make sure that he would do it. I it can't, you know, because Sal's scared, and he can't clam up to the point where he is just unwilling to physically lower himself down the ladder. We needed to actually build a proper scaffolding. I mean, this was big. There were so many moving pieces. Even I didn't even know about the scaffolding thing. But I mean, I, I you know, there's all these people bringing the zombie um, cast in and like doing makeup for them. We had our own makeup person, Lily Beth Gonzalez, but we also had uh, like a specialty. Uh, after or, you know, effects makeup kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, there's just like, even just that thing of meat yeah. is, it's like the, the to get all feeder. that, uh-huh. you know, this is well beyond, I mean, like, you know, everybody's at capacity at this point, locations, Will Thaxton, art department, costumes, you know what I mean? Like, like people getting in touch with 
family members, like everything was, all the dials are raised up on this punishment. And, and again, it's, really, it's very difficult because you're putting Sal into this, this environment where we are training, you know, we had about 50 zombies and the vast majority of them have obviously never worked with the show before. And you're trying to prepare them to scare Sal. And we, as you know, from watching the punishment, we have a series of tasks that he needs to go through. He needs to walk through this tunnel. He needs to come up to his sisters. They need to tell him that there's a key. He needs to go up there, get the key, and then throw this meat to distract the zombies so he can come back down. So how do we get this group of 50 people that have never been a part of our production before to shepherd Sal properly through these different steps without knowing how he's going to react? Hmm. You don't know what he's going to do. So we we did a, a series of run-throughs with different people standing in for Sal. Like rehearsals. Like, rehearsals, like, like, rehearsals. like almost like actor rehearsals. Yeah, yeah. But, but we're rehearsing in a way where the person, Sal, is not responding the way he's supposed to respond because we right. really have no, no idea, idea what he's going to do. And we, everybody we think he's going to be scared. Mm-hmm. We think he's going to, you know, he's gonna, his knees are going to lock up and he's not going right. to move, but you have no idea. It's improv. Pete, it seems like you know a lot about the show. I'd like to think so. Well, uh, we're going to find out once and for all in a little Pete McPartland quiz called Where Was It Said? Dun, dun, dun. Very nice. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you don't do the sound effects. <laughs> Dude, sorry. sorry, James. Sorry, James. Okay. Boss role. man taking my job. Where was it said? First one. So I'm going to give you a line, and you have to tell us the location in which it was said. Like a vague location. Like yeah. food court, grocery store, park kind of thing? Or no, like very the exact mall with the date. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off. Sal to his mother, I love you, you bitch. The Massapequa Mall. Very nice. We would have accepted just in the mall. Bing, 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 bing. (laughs) That's correct. Okay. Joe, permission to wiggle? Permission to wiggle. Where was that? I know this one. If you want to phone a friend, let me know. I'll give you a hint. You're going to call James? I'm going to call you? (laughs) Call James McCarthy. Call me. I'm going to call James McCarthy. Call him. You just ask. I'll Um, give you a hint. Another thing that was said that day. Okay. Uh Earl. Mm. Give, give me the Earl. Oh, I don't know. It's a big hint. Masseuse. That was the masseuse. Oh place. yeah, he, yeah. He yeah. was doing Earl, and yeah. Joe was doing permission oh, to yeah. wiggle. A massage masseuse. therapist, James. They don't like to be called masseuse. Yes. What's up? I'm oh, sorry. Shoot. shoot. I don't get them. I don't know. <laughs> we need to take that back because it's massage therapist. I have a friend who's a massage therapist, and yeah, I they, look yeah, they very hate bad. they hate masseuse, right? Is they it? hate that. Yeah, uh-huh. they hate. Oh no, you don't have to actually do it over again. It's no, not just that say, offensive. Say the answer. I don't care. Let them know I call them masseuses. <laughs> What are they going to do? <laughs> the masseuse right. lobby is, is coming offen- after you. Am I offending anyone? <laughs> yeah. Stop Next. listening. Murr, I thought you were about to faint. This is what Murr says. Not Murr, comma, Murr. He says, I thought you were about to faint. Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh, Murr says that himself. Gotcha. Yeah, Murr says, I thought you were about to faint. He says that to a Mark? He's, yeah. a, he's talking, he that, that sounds like a BTS line to yeah. a joke on the floor. <laughs> Somebody did say it to him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I thought you were about to a tough faint. One. He's talking to him. It was a team, team challenge. It was in Westchester. I, oh, um, oh, 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 yeah. A pet store. Nice. nice. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Next, Q says, the Michelle Obama thing, she got there because she slept with a man. <laughs> 
uh, uh, his uh, literary, his uh, feminism punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Nice job. That's Very right. good. So great. three out of four, not bad. Thank you. That's you get to good. keep your job. All right. Thank You're a you. C student. Uh, yeah. Actually, watch the show too. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've been in a couple of episodes, uh, most notably in Sal's Department of Homeland Security punishment. Do you ever get recognized from the show? That has happened actually uh very few times but yes that has happened that happened twice in universal studios oddly enough before people even realized that we were filming there uh two different families came up to me and and recognized me from the show and then also um right outside our offices actually in the financial district a guy was walking by and he was facetiming with his girlfriend in the middle of facetiming with his girlfriend he recognized me uh, which is pretty pretty remarkable. You have, they to, be, broke you have up. to be paying very close attention. Yeah, he's not. Fo- yeah, he's yeah. not focused on that relationship. <laughs> they broke up now. Yeah, but to recognize me, you really have to be paying close attention and and looking for me. I think I feel. Wow. And that never happened on your cooking show. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. So someone else used the hashtag Joker's podcast. This is Mike or at Mister D Simone on Twitter. One thing I always wondered about the show: why don't you guys show the reveal? When he says the reveal, I think he's talking about after the Mark finds out that they're on Impractical Jokers. Well, a number of things. A, we're trying to pack as many jokes into one episode as possible. And the reveal, quite simply, isn't always that funny. It's, it's interesting, can be, but it's, it's not always the funniest thing. Um, and also, we like to let people, after they've interacted with the Jokers, we like to let them walk away from the Jokers to see, are they going to give that weird look back? We like the idea of people disengaging, not knowing what just happened. So we don't always want the Jokers to do the reveal. I remember one of the craziest things was in last week's episode, the writing help episode, we didn't release that kid uh, that went to go see Aladdin with oh, Murray. Yes, was it Aladdin? Yes, I yes, yeah, it was Aladdin, absolutely. right? Like, and that was like a, like not a fight, but like a discussion on like in like behind the scenes with all the guys of like, like don't sign him. And we're like, if we don't sign him, we lose that turn. Yeah, we run the risk of losing the kid because what if he doesn't show up that night? You know, <laughs> then, then we lost him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's the other thing is that oftentimes the the reveal moment happens. You know, our PAs, our production assistants that end up approaching the person and releasing them, they're not mic'd and, and we're not filming them because that mark, that person has left, walked away from the Joker. So we don't continue filming them because we're still filming the Joker, waiting to see, well, is someone else going to come up and interact with them? So quite often, frankly, we don't have that moment on camera because the PA is not mic'd. There's no camera shooting him. And that moment is just not being captured and, uh, and again, oftentimes, to be honest, that moment is a little, it's not clean. The person is very surprised or confused. It's, wait, what do you mean? I'm on what? Who? How? It's not this wonderful, uh, you're on candid camera, you know, because the whole joke isn't about them. So it's not like they've been this whole crazy menagerie of, of, of characters and plans and situations uh, has been building up until this big reveal moment. Yeah. It was just them walking through the park <laughs> and the guy stopped them for two minutes of weird conversation 
and then uh, and then they kept walking, and then they disengaged. Yeah. So it's not like there there's going to be this man, amazing like oh my god, like I won the lottery, like, <laughs> no, like yeah. Ed McMahon moment. Because basically, by being on the show, you don't know you're on the show, and so then when you find out about it, you're not excited. You're like, wait a minute, you just filmed me and recorded me. Excuse me, what is happening? And then you're like, it's impractical jokers. Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you, and, and also again, our because the creative of our show is not about taking people from the public and orchestrating in them into this elaborate setup. Uh, it's oftentimes just the setup they're walking into is pretty simple. It's just a guy chatting you up in the park. It's not, it's not crazy. Yeah. So the reveal is like, oh, wait, what? Huh? That guy? Oh, oh yeah, that guy? Like, I, I, I was barely even engaged in that conversation. That was just someone that stopped me and kind of annoyed me with some weird question I didn't understand for a minute. So they don't have this, again, this dramatic, like, I can't believe that my whole day was taken apart for what I thought was this, but ended up to be that. It was, they're often just kind of uh, you know, non, nonplussed by it. Yeah, it's true. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, you got to subscribe to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank James McCarthy for being the greatest co-host of all time. No, you are. Stop it. I want to thank Danny Green for being the greatest guy who asks questions of all time. You're welcome, Casey. And the greatest showrunner, most handsome, cool, easy. I want to raise Pete McPartland. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. That was very nice. The raise is in the way. Okay, great. Um, all right. Well, see you next time.